Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick, and joining me, as always, is Johnny Maffey. Johnny, how are you today? I'm great, Owen. Thanks to everyone for tuning in, watching, and listening. We had a great interview with Nick Martin, and even had a Mookie Betts versus Mike Trout debate. Yeah, Nick Martin, a great guest on this podcast. He had a lot to say about many things, including it being his third year with the Worcester Bravehearts, who are back at Hanover Insurance Park. Again, the season opens May 26th. They will be at Hanover Insurance Park to open the season. We're really excited to see that. Yeah, I cannot wait for Hanover Insurance Park at Holy Cross to have some fans again, to have Worcester Bravehearts baseball again. It was awesome last summer, but it's going to be even better this summer. It's a great atmosphere there, and Nick's going to light it up this summer. Yeah, he certainly is going to have another great season this summer. Our release date is May 13th. We are just 13 days away from opening day. We couldn't be more excited. But without further ado, we present our interview with Nick Martin. Let's roll. At this time, we are honored to be joined by our next guest, who is entering his third year in Worcester and was a major part of their last two championship runs. It's Nick Martin of the Worcester Bravehearts. Nick, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? We're good, and we're ready to go here. And let's kick it off. You are back in Worcester this summer. So what is it like to be back and play for a third summer with the Bravehearts? It's it's awesome. I mean, I've, I've known from my first year that I probably was going to be here for my entire end of my college career. So, I mean, I'm from the Worcester area, five minutes away. So, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's really an honor and it's a blessing because, I mean, I get to have my family come and watch me play for 40 games in a summer. And at this age, at 21 years old, you know, it's it's really awesome that, you know, while my careers might be on, it's, you know, towards the back end, but, you know, my parents can still enjoy it, my my grandparents. So it's, it's really awesome that I'm back there. That's awesome. What's it like being back at Hanover Insurance Park again after not being there last summer? That's probably what I'm most excited for. I mean, opening day is, is going to be an atmosphere like many people haven't played in before. You know, a lot of these kids coming from you know even d1 schools that they haven't played in front of 5,000 people in a in a night because you know as as much as people love d1 college baseball and d2 college baseball there's not not a lot of people not 5,000 people at every game so it's a especially in a condensed park like that you the noise is there the atmosphere is there and it's definitely a home field advantage for us yeah we're extremely excited to be back at Hanover Insurance Park this summer and last summer as your owner John Creedon said it was the improbable summer we made it happen. We played baseball despite it being at Doyle Field. What was it like to get the chance to play baseball last summer after the shutdown and everything that happened with COVID-19? It was it was awesome because, I mean, at, at that point, none of us, you know, expected really to play. Like, I personally didn't right when college got, you know, thrown in the trash. So, I mean, for all of us, we really just treated it as just being at the – we were happy to just be at the field every day and built those relationships that we otherwise wouldn't have without a season. So. It's really, it was really awesome for us. And we, we really just thrived on just going to the park every day and just enjoying each other. So I think that was the best part of it. So going to the park every day, definitely. You, uh, you had a very impressive season for the Bravehearts. You guys had a deep playoff run. What was that like? You know, you guys always seem to have an, a, a deep, impressive playoff run. Um, yeah, I mean, I credit a lot of that to our coaching staff because in a summer, in a summer atmosphere, you got to have, have a happy medium of players that, you know, want to play and want to win right now in, in this setting. And then there are players out there that are going to treat summer ball as 
I got to work on my stuff. And, you know, it's, it's about them and rightfully so. I mean, that's what summer ball is for to get better individually. But, you know, the reason why the brave parts are so successful is because we're not, we're not going out and we're not getting half of our lineup from these D one D two schools where, you know, I don't want to say anything that might be out of context, but you know, where coaches are going to get upset at coach Dion or whoever, because they're not playing. So our team's really been built around like, low-end D1s, high-end D2s and D3s. And I think that's been the recipe for success and why we've been so successful because we've all come from similar backgrounds and, you know, we just mesh really well. He really puts together a great roster. Yeah, and that great roster got you guys all the way to the championship game last year. What was it like to play in that championship game despite it being in Nashua, but it was in front of all those fans and just a packed house to end the summer? It was it was a great atmosphere, and you know, hats off to Nashville. They were really, really a great team, and I have nothing but respect over there for those those dudes. Even though, you know, I might rub some kids the wrong way over there. You know, I don't I don't care about that. I have respect for them, and if they want to respect me or not or our team, that's on them. But it was really a great atmosphere. You know, all the way around them, the Cretans do a great job for both teams. There, just they treat their players with just. Every, we, we get everything we could ask for, and, you know, they're truly a blessing for us. So for them to put on a, a show like that, it was it was really fun. And, you know, I'm really glad we could give the Futures the futures a game like that in a championship. Yeah, so you bring up having some, uh, not rivalries, but, you know, summer leagues like this, you don't always get to play for three years in it. What's what's that like? And if you remember old coaches or, or other kids, what, what do you like about being here for so long? The thing that I like is that, especially last year like people started to kind of know me not not necessarily like pay attention you know because I mean no one wants to everyone goes at everyone in summer ball you know no one's afraid of anybody I, I feel like I did get a little more respect this summer and but at the same time you know being a division three kid people people look down on you and I'd be I'm not gonna beat around the bush that's just a fact so I mean if I yell and scream and I'm in your face it's might be because I'm I'm tougher than you and it might be because you know I need to do that for myself because I'm not 62 I don't come from Vanderbilt I don't come from St. John's prep these massive prep school high schools I didn't go to high school for 5 years so you know I find my own chip there and that has rubbed some people the wrong way I'm my first year a lot of that series with Brockton that got really intense towards the end you know, me playing out in left field, their bullpen behind me. I'm not a, I'm not one to just stand by and let them just ream, ream me out all, all series. So I think that's been my favorite part about being here for three years, just the, the rivalries that I've grown. And, you know, I, I love when people don't like me. So. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with some fierce competition. And let's talk about that year. I mean, again, you guys made the deep playoff run and you hold, held the trophy at the end of the year in 2019. What was it like being on both sides of the coin and specifically that year helping your team win that title? That first year was was really awesome because, you know, I wasn't really playing beginning of the year. And then I went into Coach Dion's office and I basically just asked for, you know, a legitimate chance to play every day. And when you do that, you got to come through. So, I mean, for me, just being the, in, in the position to, you know, hit behind Mariano in the championship game is something that, you know, I, I really – respect because you know he's a great player and the fact that I'm in that lineup with all these great players and contributing helping scoring I mean we rolled Bristol in that series everybody's really good in this league but 
that team was really special. We were really good all the way around. And the fact that I could just even contribute in any way was was truly an honor. Yeah, you talked about Mariano Ricciardi, the the championship series MVP that year. And you just touched on it. You know, you were not an everyday starter until August. And a lot of people credit your input into the lineup as being the momentum shifter for this team to take it all the way. What was your mentality that summer? And how did it feel to be bumped up into the everyday lineup and help win that championship? Yeah, so my everyday approach and just the way I went about it was just to play hard. I've never really been one to hit seven, eight home runs and spread the field with triples, doubles. I mean, I, I can do that, but I really just tried to get on. My, my bread and butter is, you know, get on first, steal second, steal third, get on a wild pitch home, sack fly, just things like that. You know, that's how I create my, my baseball. So I think that really helped us in terms of a winning standpoint, because then you have Mariano, who's, he's going to get on first 50% of the time, whether you want him to or not. It's amazing. He's really fun to watch. He's really one of the best leadoff hitters I've ever seen. And then if I can get on right behind him at two and then say I get a single and he's at third and I'm at first, I can steal second on the first pitch. And now we have Ben Rice up with third and second. So I think that's how, I think the way it plays out where I can run, you know, I can bunt him, get him over as in the two hole, especially when you have a dude like Ben Rice behind you. You really just need to do your job because he's going to clean up. Yeah, you swipe a lot of bags at school and in the futures. When you see that steal sign, what goes through your head? And knowing the lineup you have, how important is it for you to get on second base? Yeah, so actually, I've never, I've never been given a steal sign in my college career. I just, I've always had the green light. I mean, especially with Coach Dion, he just lets me run wild. With that lineup behind you, it, it, there's a sense of urgency. I can score from second on any baseball, even if it's. If it's a ball in the hole to the shortstop, and he's going to make that throw to first, I can still get there. So, I mean, there's just so many things you can do from second base to just help your team out. There's no difference between a double and a single or a walk if you're stealing second. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on this earlier, but we're going to bring it back up because we know it's important to you. What's it like playing so close to home? It's it's really awesome. I mean, just going to the park and playing in front of my girlfriend and my friends and then being able to go back to my house, my own bed, and have a familiar faces. I, I mean, the host families that we provide are amazing people and treat our players with nothing but respect, but they're not their parents. And, you know, it's just, it is nice to be able to stroll into my house at 11 o'clock after a long game and my mom making food. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's just awesome. I mean, there's nowhere else I could want to be or imagine to be. Yeah, that's a great answer. And again, three-year vet, so you're coming in as a returning player. How do you plan to use your experience in the Futures League to help guide the new faces that are coming into the league and coming onto your team specifically? I think I'm just going to, you know, do what I always do and just kind of lead by example because I can be an in-your-face kind of leader, but people will follow somebody that's that's the hardest worker. That's just a natural fact that I've always thought. And, you know, so I'm just going to be the hardest worker from day one. It might push people to be to try and work harder in pregame before practice and it might just put more of a winning mindset in people's minds is that's what what that's really our main goal is to put a winning mindset in people's minds from the, the very beginning yeah that's a great mentality to have before we get back to our interview with nick martin we want to share a message from our friends at 78 sports do you have kids playing baseball or softball we all know practice time is limited especially here in new england not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. 
Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities, so let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. Visit 78 Sports' website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. For a limited time, by mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. We now return to our interview with Nick Martin. And from your Futures League career to your college career, so far this season at Westfield State, you've hit 275, a half dozen doubles, 11 RBIs. How have you felt so far this spring, especially being back after everything that happened? This this spring has actually been a little bit of a struggle for me. I mean, I've been battling hamstring, a knee injury, and a wrist injury. So I haven't really been 100% healthy at the moment, but we're get, we're like, we're getting back there. So just got to take it one day at a time. And I'm playing through them. So, you know, the results aren't going to be the same. Obviously, the stolen bases are the same. But you just got to keep grinding. I mean, baseball's a sport where, you know, if you get in a slump, like, you know, you just got to know that that's not you. That's just baseball. And like you see Francisco Lindor right now, like he's one of the highest paid base players in baseball, but he's hitting a buck 20. Like he's having a much worse season than I am. I wonder how he's feeling, but there's just anyone can do bad at any day. And I, I won't, I don't carry anything over to the next game or anything. I'm just trying to work through these injuries right now. I'd say the biggest difficulty I've faced. Yeah, speaking off of that, you just listed a grocery list worth of injuries. What mentality do you try and keep as you recover from each of those injuries? And how do you prevent yourself from not getting down when another injury comes into the fold? That's a really good question because it is it is difficult. I battled a bone bruise and a, a knee sprain last summer. I battled ACL tears, sprains, shoulder tears, broken legs, thumbs. So, I mean, I've, especially like me, I'm... I've had a I've had to deal with a lot in my injury career. So I mean, it is hard to just not get down on yourself. The way I the reason the way I try to stay up when it comes to injuries is just know that you know the reason I'm getting hurt is because I'm playing so hard. You know, I can't like I hurt my wrist the other last weekend from diving for a baseball and my wrist rolled on me. Like what are you going to do about that? I'm not going to not dive for the baseball. So I mean, it's not on my it's not on me and it's really just a freak injury and you just got to keep grinding every day to just, you know, still be there for your, your team and be there as just do your job as best as you can, you know, because even if I'm at 50%, I'm still confident that it's better than a lot of people's a hundred. So. Yeah, that's a great perspective to have. It's all, it's really so, so such a mental game, baseball. Everybody had to deal with a mental crisis last year when the season got short. I think you guys played just four games in 2020. What was that like? And what was it like? not even knowing if you were going to play in the summer. We were in Florida when our season got canceled. And, you know, this is that's like the time where you bond with your team and it's really the kickoff to the season. And we thought we were just getting – we thought we were just getting started. And then, you know, you see – for me, I saw Rudy Gobert got COVID. And then I was like, well, here comes the roller coaster. And the very next day we got canceled. But the, re- the real thing that was weird about that is that our season got canceled before our last game so it was very weird atmosphere like we played our last game knowing that it was our last so it was it was very weird and a weird vibe but you know being able and then 
getting a gift. It's just an absolute gift in the summer with being able to play. I mean, it was really awesome. No one expected to, like, like I said before, especially me. So, I mean, just the opportunity was amazing. And I thought we thrived on it. So this year's been weird, but last year when it was literally shut down, how'd you stay in shape before the summer, before that gift? I went to the field every day. I mean, because obviously gyms weren't open. I have three or four baseball fields near my house that just nobody goes to. So me and my little brother just set up a nice little L screen and just flip to each other for a couple hours. We'd run, do some, you know, body exercises, bring some weights some days. You know, just doing our own thing. That, that helped a lot, too. Helped us stay in shape. So. Yeah, and before everything sh- got shut down and flashing back to 2019, you were firing in all cylinders. You hit 331, 51 hits, 33 runs, six doubles, 20 RBIs. What was it like to find so much success at Westfield State right out of the gate? Yeah, it was good. I mean, my my best friend plays with, uh, with me. He's our right fielder, second baseman, Casey Boudreaux. He's actually having a really good year. He's hitting like 400 right now, above 400. Probably he's my my player of the year for for the Mascac. So it's giving him a little little credit out there. But yeah, I mean they welcomed me and his family because you know I had Casey here who was you know I played high school with him and then he was already here for a year. I've always been a dude that whenever I go into a new situation, I just try to let I just try to be the hardest worker. So I mean when you do that, and we had a team of a lot of seniors, so I think they kind of they elevated or gravitated towards that. And, you know, in, ter- in terms of respecting me, which allowed me to play my, my game. And you go to the first game of the season, you don't really know what you're expecting on a new team. And then to see your name at three or one or whatever I was hitting in the lineup, it's, it's definitely a confidence booster where you know that even though you haven't played a game, people, people respect you and people expect a lot of things out of you. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it was, it was good to see that for sure. And, and you touched on it earlier, you know, playing with Division One and Division Two guys in this league. How much pride do you take in playing for a Division Three school and playing in the MASCAC? Yeah, I think I take more pride than anyone in terms of where I come from and the school that I go to because a lot of these kids, they had opportunities that I didn't have. So I never got a Division – I never got a single Division Two or Division One offer. and never went to an, to an official visit for any school, really. I don't complain and I don't make excuses. Playing for a Division three school is something I've gone through a lot harder things than other people have, and I know that. And, you know, if they want to know that or not, I mean, my baseball career has been difficult compared to some of these other kids. Right out of the gate, I pride with the fact that I'm one of the only D3 kids. You know, there's, there's a handful of us, and we all, if you, if you want to look at around the league and see who's, who's a D3 kid, you know, like position players especially, you'll see that all those kids are pretty tough. And we're all pretty similar in terms of the kind of players we are. Yeah, definitely. It's nice to see them sprinkle around the league each year and have success like like yourself. Before we get back to our interview with Nick Martin, we want to share a message from our friends at On Demand Storage. Are you tired of living in clutter? Do you need more space around your home or office? Are you sick of visiting your self-storage unit? Does your business need a way to securely and conveniently store excess materials? On Demand Storage will pick up your items directly from your location and bring them in storage for you. When you want something back, Give us a call and we can deliver it back right away. We bring convenience to the outdated self-storage process. Visit ondemandstorage.com and submit an inquiry. During sign-up, mention the Futures League and receive 50% off your storage pickup. Once again, that's ondemandstorage.com. 
all one word, dot com. We now return to our interview with Nick Martin. You went to Quinsigamond and was it 2018 that, that year? Yep. So what was that like and how'd you, uh, how'd you get to Westfield from there? So I love talking about Quinsigamond. I mean, it was a program that was kind of down for a little bit. I mean, they used to be a powerhouse back in, in the 80s and they fell off a little bit. And some of that's funding, some of that's coaching. I mean, you need people at the front that care, that really care. They got a new coach, John McLaughlin. They got him four years ago, who was my AAU coach when I was 12 years old. You know, I was originally going to Suffolk University, but I saw the bill, didn't want to pay it. So I, I, I left. <laughs> I left um, during orientation, actually, because I just knew instantly wasn't a fit for me. So I enrolled at Quinsig to play with uh, Coach Mack and it taught me a lot about people coming from rough spots, you know, because it is in the, it's in the Worcester area and a lot of people there, you know, grind and they have to work full-time jobs and just to take three classes and, you know, their degree is probably going to take like four years because, you know, they have kids, they have other obligations and they've had struggles growing up to where they don't have, you know, the resources that I've had where I've been able to go to college and not really worry about the financial aspect of it as much. But um, so it really, it really humbled me in terms of, you know, seeing people really, really struggle and grind to get what they want out of life. So I would be scolded by a lot of Bravehearts organizational people if I didn't ask this question. Your Legion team, Shrewsbury Post 397, which included some current and former Futures Leaguers, made it to the American Legion World Series in Shelby, North Carolina, and actually won the regional at Hanover Insurance Park at Fit and Field. So you had a championship on that field before you even played a game there. What was yep. that experience like, and how cool was it to not only make it to North Carolina, but win a title on the field that you would call home in just a few years? It, it was it was awesome. I mean, if you ever go watch a post-397 game, I mean, you'll look at the third base side, and you'll see Coach Frank Vaccaro. And I credit everything to him. You know, he is the man. He has given us everything. He paid for our dinner every night after a game. You know, he'd bring in sandwiches. I mean, you don't expect Legion coaches to do that. I mean, he treats us like family. Like, we need a job. You can, you can text him. He'll find something for you. And he's, he's, he's honestly a great, great man. It was more of to be able to do that for him because he's been there for 20 years. And he never won – they had a trouble winning anything. Just the experience of, you know, being able to play for him. He really, he made the experience for us. He made, you want to go to the park and just play for him. And as a son, as any coach, it's hard to do. I mean, I've gotten that. I definitely have that with Coach Dion. You want to go play for him. You want to go win for him because he deserves it. The same goes for Coach Vaccaro. I mean, he's given me everything that I, he's probably the reason I'm on the Bravehearts. Really do bless everything to him. And he's, he's just been amazing to me. Yeah, that's great. That's a great relationship to have all throughout your life, not just in Legion. So that's great to hear. Yeah. And then before we get to our final segment, how about a message to Bravehearts fans as we get closer to the 2021 season? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to say that we will be back. And by back, I mean in the championship. Not just back at Hanover. We are trying to win another championship. With the Woo Sox in here, I'm, you know, people aren't gonna people aren't gonna stop coming to our games. So don't worry keep coming out. We're going to have a great team and we're going to show a lot of people, you know, what, what Worcester Bravehearts is all about and that we can hang, you know, we're not going to just fold over to the Woo Sox and we're not just going to, you know, fold over because we lost the championship last year. You know, we're here and we're here to stay. Hopefully we can play that clip in August. 
Hopefully. Yeah, Nick Martin calling his shot now. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. All right, so we are going to move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. So, Nick, we wanted to ask a couple more questions for our audience to get to know you better. Is that cool? Yep, definitely. All right, let's get into it. Favorite teammate in the FCBL? Oof. Um, of all time? All time. Can I do two? Of course. Yeah, um, I got to go with, uh, you know, Mariano definitely is, is one, you know, just love. I love playing with him. He's so crispy in the field, and he's just a great kid to play baseball with. I mean, he's so funny, keeps it light. And, you know, my next one's Ben Rice. I mean, I love Ben. He really he treated me with, you know, love, and I was like a little brother to him. Yeah, but, you know what, just playing with him, too, he keeps everything light. I mean, he could strike out three times, and he still thinks he's going deep the next step at. It doesn't matter. He's So, I mean, both of those kids, I mean – are two people that I've built good relationships with and true. I really respect more than anybody else. Really. Yeah. Two gentlemen in this league with a lot of hardware and great teammates, as we've heard many times on this podcast, that's a great answer. And how about favorite ballpark you've played in and attended as a fan? I mean, if we're going with atmosphere, you cannot be playing at Holy cross at this age. You just can't, but I mean, North Carolina was, I forget what that it's called, but might be called like memorial field but it was it was a really really nice field and you know it was packed for the first night there too so i mean i'd say that was that was a good one if i'm just going to where i've seen fenway park is gives me goosebumps every time i walk in it yeah you're not the only one that's it's one of the best ballparks in the country and we're, we may be biased but it is <laughs> and then how about sports stadium or sporting event that's on your bucket list yeah i want to go to the actually this is great I want to go to the Masters. It's on my bucket list. I'm a big, big golf dude. Love me, my golf. So, you know, I really want to go see the Masters, you know, preferably in the next two years. Maybe Tiger can get a little help. So I can just go see. I want to see him play one, one time at least in my life, especially if I could do it at Augusta. It'd be amazing. What's your go-to course around home? I usually spread it out. I, I mean, I like high fields and um, drafting. And I like um, Cyprian Keys and the Haven in Worcester or Boylston. But it's it's awesome. There's a lot of courses around me. Johnny taking down some notes when he visits Worcester <laughs> this summer, I'm sure. Definitely go to Cyprian. It's a hard one. Will do. <laughs> and then how about walk-up music? Oh, um... Whether it's yeah, this so, se- whether it's this season or or past past seasons, my first year I liked. Oh, what did I have my first year? I had a Drake song. "Money in the Grave" by Drake was my my first year. It was it was good. It was right when it came out. So, but this year I'm gonna use "Magic Stick" by Fifty Cent. So if you want to play that, it's pretty pretty good walk up. Yeah, we'll, we'll listen to it off air and uh, and give a grade for it. It's and definitely about- gonna be. Uh, it's kind of caused some. Uh, people to get mad but it's funny it's so like, there's, 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 there's got to be one of those in each league yeah so i mean you know even if yeah so as long you, as you guys well, will hear it it'll be awesome as long as you keep it clean that's all that matters oh it's clean it's clean <laughs> and how about favorite big league team and big league player whether it's current or historical um, i'm gonna give you both historical and current can't do them both or can't not give one of them my favorite player of all time ken griffey jr 
you know, he's just – he's the most talented player to ever be born. And that's just the fact. You watch him play at 19 years old, 20 years old. You watch his highlights. You, there's, especially in that day and age, the, the pitching was, was just as good. You know, people weren't trying to – like, yeah, Cunha's hitting – he's going to hit 40 bombs. But, I mean, and Tatis going to hit 40 bombs. But I don't like all the strikeouts, in all honesty. It's, it's, it's bad to watch. Like, why do I want to see – how does a – yeah, this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't see how a dude gets paid $300 million to strike out three out of five at-bats. And I know that's not really his statistics, but, I mean, they're clo- it's close to that. And I don't, I don't see the value in that. Like, yeah, he can go deep, but so could Adam Dunn. Like, what's the difference between some of these players and Adam Dunn? I don't, I don't see it. He's hit a home run or struck out. It's what a lot of these dudes do now. So, I mean, I don't really like watching it, but that's why I think King Griffey's the best because he did it the right way in my opinion and my best player right now is another dude that does it the right way is Mookie Betts you know in my opinion he's better than Mike Trout because he's got two rings you can say what you want Trout doesn't have pitching I've watched the game a week two weeks ago against the Royals Mike Trout struck out the time right there so people want to talk him up as the greatest of all time and I'm not so quick to do that because you know I need to I've seen Mookie carry a team I've seen him do it and I just haven't seen Mike Trout get over the hump like that. So it's an unpopular opinion by many. Mike Trout is the second best player in baseball, but not the first. It makes sense. I mean, it's a good argument. I definitely – I have more arguments if you guys want to hear them. But Let's hit what, – what's your next one? Yeah, so, I mean, he's just an overall much better fielder than Mike Trout, too. I mean, if you want to, just, if you want to go about, like, every single tool, he's – Mike Trout's not a five-tool player. He is actually a four-tool player. He doesn't have – a good arm, like a great arm, and ele- like an arm that elevates like Mookie Betts does. And he's really, if you look at his highlights fielding-wise over the past five, six years, he's, it's hard to say that he's not making those plays that he did when he was 22 and 23. He's not leaping over fences that are – he's not leaping over Baltimore's fence looking like Superman. Like that's just not happening anymore. And he is a great – obviously, I'm not going to talk down on Mike Trout. But this is just solely Mike Trout versus Mookie Betts, a comparison. Yep. And if you go through all of them, all five tools, and the sixth tool, which is the hidden tool and winning and just clutchness, Mookie Betts does have like two, two and a half, three tools over him. I don't see how. And, you know, Mike Trout's got Shohei Otani and Rendon. They're making moves for him, so I don't know. Win. Just win. I'm sick of him not winning. Definitely time to win in Anaheim. Um, next question. Do you have a baseball nickname or just a nickname in general? Um, I actually don't. I prefer people to call me Nikki. But so a lot of my teammates call me call me Nikki. And Ben Rice called me Scrappy. Like Scrappy Doo from Scooby Doo. <laughs> so I mean that's about the biggest the only nickname I've ever had. Are you superstitious? Depends. If I'm hot, yeah. If I'm not, no. <laughs> don't care. Gotta I'm keep changing it up. So, I mean, I'm superstitious depending on the day, I'd say. More superstitious with, like, watching sports than playing my own sports. So, like, if I'm watching the Pats, like, I need to wear my Josh Gordon jersey, even though Josh Gordon's not on the team. <laughs> but I need to wear it. So, um, just things like that. Like, I, w- uh, I do – when I play baseball, I do wear one sock inside out. So, I guess that is that is superstitious. Yeah, that's a, that's a little stitious. <laughs> uh, what about when you go to a game? What's the go-to food at the concession stand? Oh, sausage and peppers. Same here. 
totally agree. You know, I like I like the Fenway Franks, but you know, too they're a little too chunky for me. So I mean, <laughs> the sausage and peppers just doesn't disappoint. You know, absolutely. And when you're on the field or when you're just hanging out, bubble gum or sunflower seeds? Neither. Neither. That was my answer when Owen asked me too. Owen's a big seeds guy though. Are you? Oh yeah. Yeah, I just I mean, if if I'm if I'm if it's my off day, yes, I'll have seeds. But like if I'm playing in a game, I'd I'd like always forget. Like I, I'd love to have them in my mouth, but I just forget. It's like the same reason I don't wear batting gloves. Like when I was younger, I just kept forgetting to put them on. So my dad like said, why don't you just not wear them? <laughs> so that's why I don't wear batting gloves. Makes sense. And last question of the quick hits segment. What's your favorite all time baseball memory? I have to say winning winning the, the regional for Legion. Something that not a lot of people do and a lot of people would want to do. So, so that's that's the one thing that I have a lot of that a lot of people don't. So Yeah, the way you talked about that team, that makes sense as a favorite all time baseball memory. That's awesome. Really? It was amazing. The team was amazing too. Look at the players that we that came out of there. I mean, our bench players are three hitters at their schools now. So. Yeah, that's a good set of kids and everybody finding success all over the place. So that, that's awesome. Well, Nick, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Best of luck with everything. And we can't wait to see you and the Bravehearts opening day, May 26th, back at Hanover Insurance Park. Can't wait, guys. Thank you again for having me. It was awesome. Thanks, Nick. Absolutely. So this has been Season 3, Episode 2 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.